Listener Production. Hi, I'm Sasha Barbagat. Welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. Every weekday, Arvo, at three, we'll be dropping an additional lep into the feed, minus the headlines, to keep you up to date with everything going on in the world right now. Everyone remembers the 2020 US presidential election. Joe Biden won, beating Donald Trump convincingly. But Trump has refused to accept the result. He's now the front-runner for the Republicans in the lead-up to next year's presidential election. Republican voters across the US seem content to endorse Trump, despite the fact he's facing more than 90 criminal charges across four indictments. Just this morning, one of the leaders of the January 6 riots, Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio, was sentenced to 22 years jail for his involvement in the insurrection. We know about Trump's rusted-on MAGA voters. They're always going to back him. But what about the rank-and-file Republicans? Is their endorsement of Trump endorsing the notion that he actually won the 2020 election, in every respect ignoring the basic tenets of democracy? Former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull hosts the listener podcast Defending Democracy, so we thought he'd be the perfect person to unpack the suggestion Trump's nomination is undermining one of the great democracies of the planet. Malcolm Turnbull, first off, welcome to The Briefing. I wanted to begin by asking, with Trump, why are the Republicans insisting on sticking with him despite the fact that he's facing all of these charges across multiple states? Well, he appears to be hugely popular with them. So he's, you know, there's literally daylight between him and the next would-be Republican candidate. And the more he is indicted, the more popular he seems to be among Republican rusted-on supporters. Do you think it makes him more electable in a way, this narrative of him against the establishment? That's a it's a really good question. You'd have to say that swinging voters, what they call in America independent voters who aren't rusted onto either party, would be much less likely to vote for him. But the problem is that politics is a relative business. You know, Biden does not rate well. He he looks very old. He is very old. There's a real risk that Trump, even with all of his problems and prosecutions and so forth could still win. You know, in a two-horse race, either horse can win, of course, in any in any contest. Living in Australia and watching what happened on January 6, obviously those things can happen anywhere, but it really did feel so foreign. And the thought that crosses my mind is, let's say Trump's elected in 2024, and given what we saw in 2020 in the aftermath of that last election, what threats do you think he could pose to democracy in office come January 2025 when he actually takes over? Well, Trump is going down a pretty familiar playbook. And I talk about this on my own podcast, which is on Listener, uh, particularly with Ruth Ben-Ghiat in the discussion with her, who's writes about strong men, quote unquote. And I don't mean weightlifters. I mean, people like Hitler and Mussolini in part bygone eras. And of course, Trump and Viktor Orban and Xi Jinping and Putin, of course, you know, so it's a there is a type. Now, in democracies, as opposed to autocracies like China, there is a, a model, a path where the authoritarian leader gets control by democratic means, more or less, but then does everything he can to ensure that the institutions of democracy are changed so that it gets harder and harder to get him out. And so that might be changing the electoral system, 
taking over the media, as Orban has done in Hungary, intimidating or changing or undermining an independent judiciary. That's a very common practice. But the, the difficulty with Trump is that you cannot honestly say that he is committed to an open liberal democracy. I mean, he has, he, you know, he. we all saw what happened on January 6th and we saw what his contribution to it was. So, yes, I think he's, I think you, you, you have to ask, you know, whether American democracy can survive another four years of Trump. And that's why people, including people I've interviewed on my podcast, talk about the real risk of civil war mm-hmm. and, you know, not a kind of North versus South as in the 1860s, but literally people taking arms. Yeah. I mean, America is is loaded with guns up to the eyeballs, as we know. It's putting enormous stress on the system, the whole thing. Let's talk about the mugshot. It was definitely a moment in this lead up to the campaign for the presidential race. Uh, at last count that I saw, putting it on merchandise, mugs, hats, T-shirts, it had made $10 million. Do you think... Trump's indictments have galvanised his supporters to feel even more that he's being hard done by and that he's a victim? Yeah, there is no question the indictments have galvanised his supporters. The question is, are his supporters sufficiently numerous enough for him to win an election? Mm. You know, on the face of it, you'd say the answer to that is no. But I go back to what I said about two horse races, either horse can win. How likely do you think it is that he will become president again? Well, if you assume the race is going to be between Trump and Biden, I think you'd have to say Biden is a favourite, but not by much. I mean, the polls are very close. So let's say you give Trump a 40% chance or a 45% chance. Look, Biden's a very old guy. What happens if he falls over and Mm. looks even frailer? You know, what happens if he dies or gets so ill that he can't continue? The the questions about, even though Trump is an an older person himself, an old man well into his 70s, Trump does appear to be more vigorous physically than Biden. There's no question about that. And he's certainly more uh, lucid, you know, and eloquent. He's a, you know, he is a powerful communicator. There's no question about that. I guess the last question I wanted to ask you is about the nomination. He hasn't won the Republican nomination yet. That'll come later. But do you think Republicans actually believe in Trump as their motivation for him to win the uh, nomination? Or do you think their attitude is more that it's anyone but Biden? Look, I don't I don't think there's a huge animosity towards Biden. I think the there is a lot of concern uh, about whether he's you know, he's up to the job, even though he has, by any measure, done the job very well. But he does come across as a very old guy. And he will be running as an eight, you know, as an 80, he'll be over 80 when he runs. It's very, very old, very, very old. We just can't get away around from that. Mm. Uh, So I think there are questions about his age and his fitness for office, which are reasonable ones. But Trump galvanizes and energizes his supporters. He's a very charismatic figure. Now, that doesn't mean he's a good person or a capable person in terms of government, but it does mean politically he can be very effective. Now, the fundamental question is, 
assuming he can galvanize and really energize his base, can he move from that base to capture sufficient of the middle ground to win? And that's, you know, that is the big question. Mm. Yeah, well, it's something that we will be finding out sooner rather than later, I suppose. 2024, November's not long away. Uh, Malcolm Turnbull, thanks for your time today and thanks for joining us on The Briefing. Great, thank you. That was former PM Malcolm Turnbull there, taking us through whether another successful presidential run for Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. And you can hear his podcast, Defending Democracy, on Listener. That is it for today's extra episode of The Briefing. Thanks for listening. Tom and the team will be back tomorrow morning at 6.00.